And welcome back to Pacific Rim, right here, 1029 and 750 the game. It is my great pleasure to be joined by our next guest. Not necessarily Pacific anymore, he's actually on the whole other coast of the nation, but head coach of the UCF Knights, Johnny Dawkins, is joining me. And coach, how are you doing on this fine afternoon? I'm doing fine. Perfect. Thank you so much for joining me. And first things first, you had a very successful year in your first year at UCF. Your team was able to make the final four of the NIT. Team won over 20 games. What do you think was really a big factor in your success? Because I know that two years ago, they had really fallen short. The Knights had uh, really underwhelmed, I would say. And then you get in there, you turn this into a 20-win program that really seems to be on the upswing. Well, I was very fortunate. I think the young men uh, really... Uh, took to took our philosophy and what we wanted to do and uh, what we wanted to accomplish as a program. And it starts there. You know, I think it starts with buy-in. It starts with, you know, all the time you hear people talk about culture and culture changes. But that's a big part of it. And uh, I think all those kids out there had a new beginning, and uh, they made the most out of it. They certainly did. And what's really interesting is you actually have your son, Aubrey Dawkins, coming into the program. Many may remember he was playing for Michigan a couple years ago. Now he's coming in. He had to sit out last year due to NCAA transfer issues. Um, what what was it like during that first year with your son sitting out and just being able to bond with him? Because next year you're going to be able to coach him in actual games. You know, it was, it was unusual. I'd never coached my son before, and I'd done that intentionally. Uh, stayed away, but we felt the timing was right. And, you know, it was a great opportunity for him to come in and, and be a part of what we were doing. And, and so every day coaching him this year, I was, you know, you walk into that gym and all of a sudden there's your son there. And uh, that, that was different. It was unique. And so, but I enjoyed it. You know, I enjoyed working with him like I did all the young men on the team. And, and uh, you know, probably one of those rare opportunities you get a chance to spend an extra, you know, few moments with, with one of your children at that type of age. So uh, it was, it was, it was very fulfilling. I know for me. Head coach of the central Florida Knights, Johnny Dawkins joining me right here on Pacific Rim, one Oh two nine and seven fifty the game and coach your team had a successful year last year. And a lot of that can be attributed to BJ Taylor. The sophomore really had a nice year for your team. 17 and a half points, four rebounds guy did a little bit of everything. If I remember correctly, he was actually out the entire 2015, 2016 season. Just how much did it mean having BJ Taylor out there? Because I still remember when you guys had your upset win over uh, Cincinnati, the guy was just a man possessed. He scored something like 25 or some odd points. Uh, you know, it's great having him as part of our program. Of course, he did miss the season before. I think that was very difficult for them to kind of overcome because he is such a uh, terrific player. Uh, for us, he missed seven games for us during the season as well, and it was uh, that's tough. You know, we were able to uh, be very competitive, but it was hard, you know, having to make the adjustments because he's such a dynamic player and he's such a winner, you know. So uh, it's great having him. Uh, you know, he's even going to be better next year, I think, with the – one year under his belt now of playing, you know, an entire season, the ability to, uh, to understand what we want in our system is only going to help continue to grow. And I think he has a, he has a bright future. And another important player to this team last year was Taco Fall. He was averaging right around 11 points and he's seven foot six. And you go into a program and you see a guy that's seven foot six. What was that like? Just the first time seeing him and shaking his hand. You know, if I hadn't played with two seven-footers, two seven-foot-six players, it may have knocked me back. But having played with Manute Bowl and played with Sean Bradley, uh, you know, I've been accustomed to seeing guys that, you know, with that type of stature. So 
for me, probably wasn't as big a deal as maybe most people. But you know, uh, you know, he's an amazing person. Uh, he, he's he's bigger than life, of course, as you know. <laughs> but as a person, he's he's unbelievable as well. Uh, probably one of the nicest human beings you're ever going to meet. And all he wants to do is is, is, is is study and be the best student athlete he can be. And 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 I'm really proud of him because that type of size and all the attention that he garners. You never know how a young man's going to turn out, but he is as grounded and as humble as any young man you'll ever meet. And as many people know, Fall has declared for the NBA draft. He has not signed with an agent, so he's right now testing the waters, as they always like to say, which I always feel is a little bit of an overused cliche, but I will leave that for another day. What kind of contact have, have you had with Taco Fall ever since he decided to declare for the NBA draft, and do you know which way he's leaning at this point? Well, talk on, uh, we're in very good, you know, you know, we're in very, you know, we're in touch every day. And, uh, so I have an idea where he is, you know, what he's trying to do. And, um, you know, for Taco, he, he making decisions for, you know, for he and his family to, to, you know, you know, see if he can, you know, continue to move forward in the game that he loves. And if the right opportunity presents itself and he's going to, you know, keep his name in. And if it doesn't, you know, he's a very mature young man and he, you know, he's going to come back and he's going to continue his education. So uh, that's that's where he is. That hadn't changed from the, from the moment he put his name in. If, if, if it happens where he gets the, you know, the type of slot he's looking for, he'll, he'll stay in the draft. And if, if not, he said he's going to come back and continue his education. And, and, I, and I take him at his word because he's, he's that type of young man that, you know, he, he makes great choices. And, and so I, I would expect him to wholeheartedly continue to make great choices. Johnny Dawkins, the head coach of the Central Florida Knights, formerly with the Stanford Cardinal, joining me right here on Pacific Rim, 1029 and 750 the game. And we talk about the departure of Taco Fall, but in the conference, there's a huge, huge uh, gain for this conference as Wichita State is going to be joining the American Athletic Conference. Just how much does it mean to your conference? Because last year, I believe that it was only SMU and Cincinnati that made the NCAA tournament. Your team, as well as Houston, both had good years, but were sent to the NIT and said, what does it mean to have Wichita State entering this conference? Well, I think it just continues to enhance an already terrific conference. I mean, you mentioned this you know, one year as a snapshot of you know, having two teams make the NCAA and two make the NIT. But just a year before that, we had four teams in the NIT, and SMU would have easily been in there. They were a top 25 team, except they had gotten into some problems, you know, I guess, uh, you know, with the NCAA. But that would have been five out of your 11 teams the year before would have been in the NCAA tournament. So uh, we know we have a great conference. And what uh, Wichita State does continues to already enhance an already, you know, very successful, you know, league. So, we're excited to have them join, and, and that would just continue to, I think, strengthen you know, what we want to do in the American Conference. And you alluded to it. There are a couple of sleeping giants in this conference. I mean, Memphis has been down the past couple of years. UConn had a really bad year last year after making the NCAA tournament back in 2016. Same goes for Temple. I mean, how important is it that some of these conferences or some of these teams in the conferences have a little bit of a better non-conference slate? Because I feel like these teams really derailed themselves out of conference, and then they played a little bit better once American uh, conference play began, but it was just a little bit too late. Well, a little bit. I, I, some of what you say, I definitely agree with. You know, with regards to our conference, I mean, everything is predicated, unfortunately, on what you do in the preseason. And I'm a big believer in, you know, you're not the same team in November that you are in February, and that's for good or for worse. Sometimes you're a lot better team in February than you were in, in, in November, and sometimes you're a lot worse, and you could have had a great preseason, and that doesn't mean you're playing great in February. And so 
think rewarding and giving guys credit for having a great November, I think, can be a, a bit of, you know, overused. And, you know, for us, I mean, Temple are good at giving a good example. Temple had a great out-of-conference schedule. They, they beat both uh, Florida State and, and West Virginia, two, two very, you know, talented teams, two teams that are rated in the top 20, top 10, 10 at different points during the season. So uh, Temple was a team that had an unbelievable November. So I think it can go both ways when you look at that, uh, when you're looking at where teams are and just with a snapshot of a month. And so I think our teams were playing really good. And when it, when it counted most, that was in, in February and in March. And, uh, and I think our league is very underrated. Head coach of the Central Florida Knights, Johnny Dawkins, joining me right here on Pacific Rim 1029 and 750 The Game. And I alluded to it a little bit earlier with some of the transfers that are coming into this program with your son, Aubrey. But you guys have two other really big cogs coming in. Terrell Allen, many people may remember he was a player from Drexel. He's going to be a sophomore guard. He averaged like 10 points per game for them. And then you also have a guy by the name of Dayon Griffin. He was he played, I believe, two years at Louisiana Tech. He was a guy that averaged over 10 points per game as well. Just what is it going to mean to have those two players in your backcourt coming in and being able to bolster a really good, a really good um, staple of guards. Well, I think it gives us more depth of talent. It gives us more depth, you know, in in the backcourt. And uh, we were really limited there this year, and, and and we were very fortunate that we didn't, you know, sustain injuries that would have really wiped us out. Uh, but having this type of depth with these kids to bring in an experience, I think, can be a positive for us. So. And we're looking forward to getting all those kids, you know, uh, you know, up to speed at what we're doing and continue to try to, you know, grow our program. And I know that guard play was really paramount to you when you were at Stanford as well. Have you sort of been trying to take a lot of what you use at Stanford and just tried to um, apply it to your new role with Central Florida? Uh, well, I've always tweaked what we do, to, you know, based on our personnel and based on where I've coached. And, and it, this is no different at, at UCS. And I try to you know, have a system that I think will, you know, suit the personnel that we have. And last year we had seven scholarship players, so we had to have a system that uh, really played with a lack of depth and, and, and had, had a certain way we wanted to play both offensively and defensively to maximize what we could do. Next year, hopefully we'll have more depth and, and our style will be tweaked again. We'll change our style to, to reflect the type of personnel that we'll have. And uh, but that, that's how I like to coach. I like to, you know, I like to recruit to my system, but Right now, we're still in the process of developing that. And I'd like to close it out with this. I still remember when you were let go at Stanford last year. It only took you a couple weeks to really uh, pick out the Central Florida job. You accepted the job, I believe, two weeks after you were let go at Stanford. What really drew you to Central Florida? Because you've done a really good job with this program thus far, but it seemed like you made a decision really quick on deciding to leave for Stanford for Central Florida. And I have to think that there was something that really drew you to this program. Well, one, uh, I think, you know, you know, the president, President Hitt, is unbelievable what he's done with our university, uh, what he's done in his 25 years there, just, you know, where the institution was and where it is now is amazing. And our athletic director, you know, Danny White has been great as well. I mean, he, you know, I'd heard of him, you know, well before I made that, that decision, and I just thought very highly of him and what he does. So those are two of the reasons. You know, it's about people, and uh, those are two people that, have shown, I think, you know, not just myself, but have shown this this country that, uh, you know, what UCF can become. And uh, I'm just happy to be a part of that, you know, that process. 
head coach of Central Florida, Johnny Dawkins, joining me right here on Pacific Rim 1029 and 750 the game. Coach, thank you so much. Congratulations on a great first season that saw your team go to the NIT semifinals. And best of luck next year. You're doing a really great job with the Knights. I appreciate it, Greg. Take care.